Hello, I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art92 and the creator of the sci-fi wrestling comic, The Galaxy Grappling Alliance. And welcome to Oh Mentor That, the chip-free sporadic podcast series where I'll be talking to a selection of hand-picked guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics and all things creative. So on today's show, I'm pleased to welcome one of the most prolific creators on the independent comic scene. Since 2013, his webcomic, The Penguin, has delighted readers with a range of laugh-out-loud strips that have covered many topics from the absurd to the Scottish referendum as told through a tug-of-war. With a highly successful line of books and Kickstarter campaigns, it's a true success story for independent comics. In addition, Alan is a writer and an artist of non-Penguin subject matter and a regular contributor to the excellent Never Iron Anything podcast where he can be found sharing his fascinating insights into some of the classic comics of yesteryear. So I'm thrilled to say a big hello for the first time to the man of a thousand jokes, although that will soon nearly be 2,000 jokes, Alan Henderson. You see, I I only came to be bigged up. I can go home now. That's great. Thank you for that. That's that's great. So I'll send you the address (laughs) if you could. uh, I don't take postal orders anymore, unfortunately. Um, Cut to my hands. Thank thank you for that. um, It's it's quite daunting when people lay out your work in front of you and say, you did this. But yeah. (laughs) I know. It's it's funny because I was backing up some artwork the other day and then I'd forgotten I'd done a load of it, to be honest with you. I was thinking, oh, I forgot I did all that. Oh, I forgot I did that. I, I must say, it's when, when I look at some of some of the things I did a couple of years ago, and I actually go, I don't know how I would do that now if mm. if I was asked to do that as a topic. Um, so it's you know, it is that you you forget how you did things. Um, mm. That's because you're learning new techniques all the time, push things to the side. But no, it's uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot there for the penguin, um, for those that wish to delve deep and um, and go back in time. Magnificent. Anyway, how are you in these? Uh... <gasps> Good. Still strange times. I keep keep yeah. saying that. <laughs> strange times and, and hot times at the moment because it's absolutely roasting up here in, in relative terms. Um, That'd be so about three degrees then, would it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slowly, yeah, it's that whole thing. Stop turning blue soon. That'll be the, uh, <laughs> you know, don't have to worry about suntans. It just suddenly moved from blue to white before we move on to anything else. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And you're well. Everybody's well. No, no issues with the the pandemic situation. Everybody's been, been good. Fine. Um, good. As, as I say, I sit at this desk all day and and, and most of the night. That's what it seems like at times. Mm. But um, and so hopefully soon we can start getting back into the office. Or um, I've had the first round of drinks with with some of the people from work with, with a very small um, crew. Right. Um, but hopefully get get more engagement with them. Um, I do have members of my team that. I've, I've not physically met yet, so right. I, I can't even confirm if they've got legs. Um, <laughs> you know, you've only ever, you know, most of these people, you've only seen them from the waist up for yeah. the last um, 18 months or so. And it is, so when we were at the pub, it was like, these people were coming in, we we're like, going, you've still got legs. Yeah. Um, they, they could be like Johnny Cubs in the, you know, what was oh, that? Yeah. What was that? So was Total that, Recall, wasn't it? It was just the top was, half, yeah. Was that, or it was, it was, it was, have you turned into a Dalek during this period of time? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and we realised that the only people that we thought about that prior to the pandemic were chip shop owners, because you That's never true. see the legs of your chip shop owner. That's so very anyway, true. There's something you know. It, have have um, Daleks got a line in, in making chips? There's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> an idea for right. you to run with. Oh, yeah. you writing that, but... <laughs> I, I'm making a note as we speak. Actually. <laughs> that's, that's it. Coming soon from Art Nine Two. <laughs> Fishing Dalek. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, and you were just saying we were having a, a bit of a chat beforehand and you were saying you do your second jab, so that's uh, that's good. Yeah, get it this weekend, so that's mm. me done and dusted. Uh, Mrs. H has been done already, so um, that's uh, that will be this household fully fully jabbed up. Yeah, we got ours, because we had to reschedule this, anybody listening, because we were due to record last Wednesday, but then they moved our COVID jabs up, um, so we went and got those instead, but... Uh, yeah, it, it it's a strange feeling because even though, you know, you've still got to be careful and everything, it is very nice to know that you've just got that extra coverage. So, uh, yeah. and do any, I don't know if you had any effects after the first one, but the second one, nothing, you know. I, I just felt like somebody had punched me in the arm very mm. hard. And that really lasted for a couple of days, but that, that was me. And I was, luckily, didn't have any of the, the side effects that some people have had. Yeah. So, um, Good hopefully stuff. the second will be the same. As long as you're safe and well, mate. As long as you're safe Indeed. and well. Indeed. So, I mean, obviously, you've you've very kindly come on today to talk about the art of the penguin. Um, <laughs> now, we could talk about the art of you because obviously you do you've done more than that. But I've got to say that penguin itself, I mean, it's quite a phenomenon. You know, I mean, it's it's. I mean, we'll talk a bit bit more about it in more detail later on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's. I didn't realise it had been going since, was it 2013? 2013. So Mar- yeah. March 2013 is when it, wow. it first appeared online. Um, so yeah, it, it was that. I treat, I treat that as its birthday. Um, so yeah, just over eight years now. Um, and, you know, it's one of these things where you, you set out to do something for a couple of weeks and suddenly you find you're a year in and then you say, well, I wonder if I can get to, to 500 strips. And mm. then Suddenly you're like going, whoa, that, that was a thousand that just went flashing past. And, and, and here we are, fast on the road to um, to 2,000 strips. Incredible. Um, that's 2,000 of the what, what I call the three-panel strips. Yeah. There are also already it 75-ish of what I call the Sunday strips, um, which are more done as that sort of A4 size with, a, yeah. with more, more panels than three. And there's other specials and other things. So technically we're already through 2000, but it, it's nice to create an anniversary just for the sake of it and have a little bit of um, yeah. celebration around it. Again, we'll come on to this, but I genuinely don't know how you do it. I, d- I, I just don't know how you come up with enough material for 2000 strips plus. I, I, but again, we'll discuss a little bit like that later <laughs> on. So okay. to, just going back in, in your history, I mean, we had a bit of a conversation before we start recording and again, you know, people will be used to, I would assume, hearing you on Never Iron Anything. Um, and you've got a very rich comics history. I mean, I know you're very much like myself. You're, you're considerably within the DC camp of comics, primarily mm-hmm. from childhood. But where did you, you know, where did your history of comics come from? Was it just something that you always enjoyed as a kid? So like every child of the 70s in the UK, I, um, you know, the, the weeklies were there. Normally, I got the dandy, a friend of mine got the beano, and then halfway through the week, you'd swap. Um, and, you know, the, whatever other, you know, those weekly comedy books that came out every, you know, were, were where you started as a child in the UK at that point. Um, I then, you know, you, you move into other things, and I had parents who bought me the look and learn and things like that, where you, mm. you know, and in, inside that, there was things like the Dragon Empire, where I, you know, I have a memory of it, not really reading it, but looking at it and yeah. going, oh, that's very pretty to look at, but thinking the story was a bit dense. But then I, I kind of did step away from comics for a bit. Um, and it wasn't until 
the late 80s that I found myself in, in a comic shop and picking up a, a suite of Bat books at the time. Um, right. And this was about a year or so before Batmania properly kicked off. Um, and, and, you know, this was me getting into the run of the, the, the start of Alan Grant and Ombre Fogel type, oh, type yeah. piece, where the beauty then was that those stories were generally one two issues and, yep. and done so as a new reader you got in you got the story you wanted and you got out again you didn't you didn't, you didn't really need to care about continuity you didn't need to care about you know <laughs> who was inside the robin suit at that point in time yeah. or whatever the the mix was um you know and i think that really helped me just just entrench myself with that and slowly you just build around that to say right I'm in, in a comic shop and I'm reading the DC Bat book. So there's, it ties into New Teen Titans. Let's start reading that. And all oh, there's new titles coming out mm. left, right and centre. Let's pick those up. And then there was a fundamental change took place for me in, would it be in 1990, when Arkham Asylum, mm. um, A Serious House on Serious Earth came out. Because I will say that I, I started reading comics again with those sort of detectives books. I started collecting comics when Arkham Asylum came out. Right. Because to me, and, and the, to be fair, this is all retrospect in my head thinking this through. I didn't, you know, I didn't actually sit at the time going, this is me, I've changed. Mm. Um, but, you know, in, in retrospect, I kind of went, that was clearly something that just went, you know what, there's things you can do with comics that I just didn't expect you could do. Yeah. Um, and it was just something that was fundamentally different. Um, and that obviously opened up doors to an array of other books that were, were happening about that time and things like crisis book, the, the UK magazine yep. stuff as well, yep. all of which again, were taking things in a sort of different direction and creating a, you know, a different look and a different take with regard to what comics could be. And suddenly mm. it just, you know, it, it expanded out beyond Lycra and, uh, and spandex and said, right, there, there's other things out there, but the bat books, if you like, always remained my core thing to to fall back on um and that, that certainly is how I, I sort of see that the layers of building up from being mm. somebody who sort of start reading comics to saying yeah you're a collector now and you're gonna not gonna necessarily sit there and go i'm gonna go big on this mm. but it was that that advantage of just saying dig in and during that period as well i went to university but i was actually at home for, right. for university so um born and bred in edinburgh but i went to edinburgh university but the advantage that meant was that, A, I generally had more money than any of my, my peers in the university, but also because I was well-known through the comic shops and that, I basically started picking up part-time work through through the comic shops. So suddenly right. I started working in the comic shops because, you know, like kind of going, I live here and, you know, I just hang out with you guys anyway. Yeah. And there is that whole thing, well, if you're hanging around... Um, can you just watch the till for a bit and we'll give you some discount and, and stuff. And again, that just helps you build up a comic collection at that point. It's the dream, isn't it? When you're younger, that. <laughs> when you're younger, yeah. Until I've, I've got a lot of friends who've worked in comic shops at times and, and you say to them, oh, would you go back? And they answer, no. <laughs> I used to work for Virgin Megastores years ago. And when I think back now, it wasn't like a job. It was like a bloody carry-on film half the time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, it's a bad entirely. sitcom. But... It was, the, it was probably the most fun job I've ever had. But if somebody said, would you do it again? I'd be like, no, because A, I couldn't afford to eat. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? And B, it was a different, it was just a different time in my life as well. 
but uh, that's amazing. And, I didn't know you'd worked in a comic shop. That's, that's oh, you see, brilliant. well, I say I've worked in a comic shop. You'll probably never find me on any of their books. I don't think I ever got paid cash. <laughs> it's what, you know, it was always um, discounts or, uh, or free books. That's fine. If they're paying you with Batman and the Outsiders or something like that, that's good exactly. enough. Exactly. Can, you can live with that. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. So. But just going back to talking about Arkham as well, I mean, that was a that was a seismic shift, I think, for a lot of people when that book came out. I mean, that whole... I mean, I've talked about this several times, but I think that era of 1989, you know, the, the year of the bat, was just the mm. most exciting time I can remember in, in comics for me. It was just... Cause I was a bat guy anyway, and that just... That was it, you know. And around that, we had, you know, we had the Dark Knight stuff and we had Killing Joke. And, and it just seemed like the perfect few years around the whole Bat world. And then Arkham was just another level again, wasn't it? You know. Well, and again, I've said this a lot on, on Never Iron, that at that point, they knew how to present different stories in different formats. Yeah. So you, you had your floppies, which perfectly good stories and perfectly, you know, but it was just that, it, it was your run-of-the-mill stuff. And I, I'm underplaying that slightly, but you know, your run-of-the-mill stuff. If something was really good, then they might put it in a miniseries and say, well, it's packaged up. If it was a good, chunky story, they'd save it for the annual, because you got a nice square-bound annual in those mm. days. If it was really good in one in a short story, they would put it in a prestige format and suddenly you're like, oh no, it's a bit special, they're putting some money behind this. And then if it was extra special, they put it in a hardcover. And that meant that, you know, if a hardcover was coming out at that point, generally you knew it was going to be good. Mm. Um, and there's there's loads in there. It's in, I shouldn't really keep referring to another podcast while on this podcast. But hey, it's all one family, mate. It's all one family. You know, never on anything. We, that, that's some of the stuff where, where, where you know, when Tony and I talk about that, we, you know, I always seem to be dragging us back to that again, that sort of period, that, mm. that late eighties to sort of mid nineties period, and saying that there's books in there that are absolute forgotten gems, mm. and when we, we we dig around in that space, there's 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 stuff that that people need to be reading again and, and revisiting and going, you know what, that is how you do this, mm. you know, in terms of putting good comics out there and um, and doing proper good one and done hardcovers yeah um yeah so there's there, there's there's loads in that year but as you see and then and the actual bat titles ran ran really well at that point um and they were split properly as well um but you had your detective doing the short one stories and done you had yeah. your batman which was the ongoing continuity piece you then got legends of the dark knight which was basically an ongoing collection of of mini series yeah. and, and and stuff and then you know they, they they didn't have to all interweave and, and and integrate, and even when Shadow of the Bat came out, it still was quite separate in, mm. in its own own way. Um, so you know every every title had its own purpose, and then by the time we got to the the end of the nineties or the, into the early two thousands, and it it didn't quite go down the Superman route of the triangles. And I know Stuart Moraine really likes that period, mm. but. You know, it's a case of Superman at that point didn't have four titles. He had one title mm. that had four different creative teams on it. And, and there's good good work in there. But yeah. I preferred it when you could turn around and say the type of story that appears in Detective is completely different from the type of story that appears in Batman. Mm. Um, it just made more sense in my head. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. And did that lead on to you becoming 
interested in art or had you always been an artist and because uh, <laughs> I, I find it's interesting with a lot of comics fans that that are also creators it's like did, which came first really was it that you always drew and then you got drawn into comics or that you drew as a result of comics i know for me it comes from very much i read comics and i drew you know so i would get 2000 ad as a kid my dad would, i mean i didn't understand it like be yeah. like semi dragon empire every saturday i'd come down with a copy of 2000 ad and I'd, I'd, you know, I'd pour through it and I'd read it in the visual sense. Um, and then I'd have breakfast, I'd come back and then I'd start drawing, immediately start copying from it. So I know that that's where my love of drawing came from. And how, how was that for you? So my art background, if you like, is, is actually very, very thin. Um, I, you know, like any kid, I would have drawn and played around with redrawn characters out of say the Beano and the Dandy and, and, and the like but in, in terms of the sort of the educational element of what came next I didn't really do art at school at all but what I did do and I actually did really well with um was technical drawing or right. engineering drawing yeah um which actually is is deep in my family in terms of engineers and, and the like um and given I'm a mathematician by trade, that, that kind of ties into that sort of world of, of, of how it hangs together. Um, so that that was much more my background in terms of saying, you know, how how things are constructed in terms of the putting the drawing together in, in terms of that. And it wasn't until a lot later that I said, well, let, let me start playing around with actually doing creative drawing. And, yeah. you know, but even if the, the, my approach to the Penguin is very measured and laid out, to the extent that normally for, for a lot of the penguin and some of this is properly done to create a rhythm piece, mm. they look identical in terms of their, their layout mm. and the, the where the position of all the characters are um, and, and the sizings. And, and you know, that, that is that technical drawing background in me of saying <laughs> this is the layout piece. Fantastic. Um, and it does mean that when I've been doing some of the more of the, the sort of paintings and stuff recently, um, it that's been a real let's learn this and, and, and place around but again still very much working off a grid format mm. and then you know saying well, yeah i need that as the sort of i need that framework there mm. that is the the measured framework to then go right what do you put the looseness around it on top mm. um it's interesting yeah. that because with the penguin now that i didn't know you had a technical drawing background um which is quite interesting because one thing i was going to say to you is that you've got a beautiful clean line with your work i, I right. think you you know it's one of those things that i struggle with is getting that clean line i tend to be a bit more expressive you know it really i have to i have to really really concentrate usually with my tongue hanging out the side of my mouth to draw a clean line and i get that from your work it's, it's beautifully sharp in that sense it does help that i've drawn the character i, I, was <laughs> I doing this the other day i reckon i've drawn the character about 10,000 times now. Wow. Right? So there does come a point where, well, it's quite weird because as I say, I do measure them out, but every now and again, I'll not. And mm. if I actually do the overlay of the measured versus the unmeasured, they end up very, very close. Wow. And I think it's just because of the muscle memories. Now they yeah, have to go, yeah. Yeah, that's where it goes. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it is just that approach. Again, it's what you've liked in art and what you haven't. And it's, you know, my, my, my background in terms of 
of comics is I was always somebody who preferred Mike Parobek over Rob Liefeld. Yeah. And there's always, I remember there was an article somewhere I read once where Rob Liefeld can draw, or, or Jim Lee can draw a really nice arm, but they have to use, they have to touch the paper a thousand times. And there's mm. a thousand lines on there. It's got lots of little dots and little slashes and hashes around it, you know. Mike Parabek drew two lines, one for the top of the arm and one for the bottom of the arm, and that was it. And you kind of went, yeah, it's really nice. And, you know, and um, Bruce Timm's the same, where it's just like, you only need two lines, one for the top of the arm, one for the bottom, you know. And that that, that approach of keeping things really simple. Yeah. And again, this falls back into to my view about how three-panel newspaper or, or newspaper-style comedy strips work. A lot of it is about keeping the artwork as simple as possible. Because the artwork is, is, in general, not what's delivering the joke. Yeah. It's, it, and therefore, it's there as a medium to get the joke over. Um, and I think there are certain rules, is perhaps a strong word about that. But there, there, you know, there's, there's, there's rules to it where you kind of go, okay, that, you know, don't overcomplicate the character mm. because people, you don't want, you know, the, the, the art's not there. To, for things to be to be focused on this is you know this is a disposable medium in terms of the comedy humor strips mm. so it needs to be something that people can kind of go i get what it is i've moved on um and is it, i i generally work a lot of this stuff on what i think is about the two second rule mm. i don't think anyone looks at any of my panels for more than two seconds no therefore why would i spend days on end getting one of the panels right if it's a little bit like that and i know that's there's there's a balance there it's true though isn't it i mean because there's that thing isn't about you know how quickly comic readers read pages and it's it is does break down and it's about you know two and a half to three or four seconds depending on how much text is in there Mm. and and you're right it's about trying to get as as an independent creator as well it's about us trying to get that balance between enough but not worrying and obsessing too much about everything i mean i say that but i've just spent three three solid nights on one panel because I kept doing it, didn't like it, doing it, didn't like it. Um, but, but if you're laying out a big page, that does matter because that might be the the page, the the panel that cruxes the whole page together and creates the flow from you know from that page to the next bit of the book. And yeah, you know, it, it really didn't, that, that mate. To be honest, <laughs> it was just, it was just. I'm thinking, why the hell did I put? Yeah. I know, but but, yeah, but no. But I get what you're saying though, because it's very much like the Charles Schultz approach, isn't it? You know, look at those those original Peanuts. Um, if, well, oh, you know, if you look at the Peanuts, it's it's really simple. If you actually go and look at um, a lot of Calvin and Hobbes, mm. which is you know arguably some of the best comic art ever produced, Calvin he, he's he's only drawn with like about four or five lines mm. in terms of his face. There is nothing there. But it's fully expressive and, and so on and so forth. But it, you know, it's really light and um, and airy in terms of that sort of space. Mm. It's the same with Dilbert, and it's the same yeah. with you know other books that, that, that or other strips that fall into that, where it's a case of keep it really simple. Work on work on a shape and an image that people can say or recognize what that is, um, and then because you've done that, you can you can then flip it at times and say right, I'm going to you know, and again. Uh, Bill Waters into this loads with with Calvin and Hobbes, where every now and then you would just go, "Oh, by the way, here's a dinosaur that's fully rendered," and you go, "Yeah, the man's got some art chops," you know, and, and, <laughs> and, it, and it is because he's gone. See, I knew what to draw and what not to draw, yeah. um, and 
I'm not to put myself anywhere in that that sort of league, but there there is this way of sometimes going actually leaving things out is what's more important here, um, because it makes life better in terms mm. of actually delivering the the gag if if it's a gag. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. I love I love these kind of process chats with people because it's stuff that I'd never considered. You know, I mean, I I'd looked at things like like your work and like like peanuts and things like that you know and i and i love this i wouldn't say simplicity in a derogatory way i meant that you know the simplicity of the, of the the line work that conveys a story is i i just think i wish i could do that and i can't you know i just i'm not capable of of doing that but i'd never considered it was a conscious choice to do that to drive the story it's, it's brilliant fascinating some of it's just to drive it forward. In other words, yeah. it's, it's, it's like saying, well, what if I want to put them in silhouette? If you've created them, you know, if I yeah. showed you Charlie Brown in silhouette, you'd know it was. You'd know who Snoopy was in silhouette. However, if I showed you um, any number of, or a certain number of X-Men characters in silhouette, you might go, oh, I, I don't know who that is because mm. there's too much going on. Um, and, um, you know, it, oh, in, in some of them, maybe the X Men is not the best ones in that because there are certain characters that you would pick out. But but it's that concept of saying, yeah, you know, uh, the you, know, you wouldn't necessarily tell the difference between Blue Beetle and some other fully spandexed up character, yeah, of that ilk in, in in terms of the sort of DC side. So no, I think there there is a lot to be said in that, uh, and then there's a lot to be said in the gag strip side of things about setting rhythm, yeah, and setting the you know not only the what's it throw it up give it a swing and hit it's, it's generally how how the penguin works but there's also a rhythm about saying one strip after another after another mm. and there are certain things you can do that once you have created a rhythm or you've created an expectation of rhythm with the reader because you can then break the rhythm and that in itself is where the joke comes mm. you know it's that trip um the I did one recently that that fold into that, that that actual one where it was a case of again it was three panels. It's the one you're but, gonna. It's well, the one I was gonna mention to you. I think this, which I was gonna say to you. Panel, the, the it was. Uh, do you know, yeah. mate? I'm still laughing about. It. I, I absolutely loved that. That that's when I talked about the absurdity before in the intro. Mm. That was the thing that sprung to mind, and I I, I don't. I mean, I, I suppose you know, I'm not spoiling it for people, but I'll let you describe no, it. And it's so I love that. Panel. It's, it's laid out in the same size as the three panel strips, and so, but it's just two panels. And panel panel one is you know there is only two panels today, and the yeah. panel two is you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> and then there's the gap. The gap is left with with no panel in panel the space for panel three, but it's left there, and it's deliberately all offset to to so it fits exactly the same shape and size of, of the thing and again that in itself is only so funny it's not great but it's actually funnier i think or i hope i should say it's funnier because you're used to three panels and you know where the third panel should go yeah so you're left going oh he's drawing your, you know you draw your own conclusions about the fact he's not drawn three panels oh but actually it's a pun as well and so forth the other one that i think falls into that ilk that i really liked was actually a four panel strip that i did that was l-shaped and it was, tell me more about this game you call Tetris. It was, <laughs> so the fourth panel is underneath the third panel. If that makes Brilliant. Sense. And you know, that, you know, the line, tell me more about this game called Tetris, that is not funny. But it's only funny because it's, you know, it's four panels set out as a, a Tetris tile. And it's done in, you know, and but you're expecting a three panel strip as well. 
and that's what I'm saying about you've created a rhythm. Yeah. Then you've tripped the, the reader up, and that trip up is the bit that that, that creates the additional humor, if, if or that that you hope, um, at least. That's superb. Yeah. That's honestly, mate. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant stuff. So you were a comics fan, and and you know we've we've kind of got that kind yeah. of history there. But where did the desire to want to create a comic come from? Then you know, I mean, because. I, I always wanted to create comics from being really small. It was just something I did, you know. I used to try and do film and TV adaptations and things like that, you know. Ridiculous things now when I think back. But where did yours come from then? So I suppose the next part of the story is in the early 2000s, there was a group of us who would go to comic conventions together all the time. Now, we were going to see the big names and get sketches and books mm. signed and, and all that sort of stuff. And this was generally done in, in Bristol at the time because yep. it was only um, only the Bristol Con um, run by Kev. And it was during that you, I, I suddenly found what British small press was because mm. that's, you know, you're, you're, you're wandering around the con, you've seen Staz Johnson, you've seen whoever's over from America and, and had your, your signature and you know you start looking at the other tables and i think it's a combination at that point it was starting to go you know there's some really good stuff out here that's that isn't being published by any of the you know the big titles that appear in previews or whatever yeah. um and actually oh, I, I must look more into this and then you start to look at some of it and and this sounds bad but you look at some of it and you go i can do better than that mm. <laughs> and because there is there's some stuff out there where you know, it has its audience and yep. the creators are enjoying themselves and doing what they're doing. And it's, it's just that it's not for me. But you kind of go, I've, you know, I, seriously, you, you you must try harder. Um, and there, there, was, there was a bit of that and a bit of just, you know, gamesmanship between between the, the lads as it was. I've gone, well, I'm going to do something. Well, you do something. Well, no, do. And uh, my friend Bob Turner and I, we kind of egged each other on to to do something um mm. mine became the pendagoon his became a book called um called death rattle um which was you know is, is a great book um and part of the you know again there was lots of little things that came together i, I started doing the penguin online edinburgh held its first comic con in who knows how long and that led me to say, well, if there's going to be a Comic Con, I'll in my own hometown, I'll, I'll, you know, get a table at it. I'll get some of these printed up and see what happens. Um, and that that was, you know, that that was about that that sort of seven years ago, Mark. And and things just started rolling on from then. You get to the, you know, I get to the process now where I've got a template for what the book looks like or how I normally put the books out. And they're right. they're hundred pages long. And that's the, the in terms of the format and it's essentially when i filled 100 pages i'll go to kickstarter put the next book out on kickstarter and then it'll go <laughs> you know Brilliant. and that that's just becomes the, the rolling the rolling attitude now um and then every now and again i, I collect those smaller books up into bigger books mm. so, um, so that, that process is kind of tripped up on itself a little bit because of lockdown and the, the lack of conventions to, to sell the books but hey yeah um, yeah. But yeah, but that, that's so that 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 you know, it literally was just that right seeing that there were what other people were doing, and then 
getting sort of nagged into it by by friends, you know, and uh, the, the sort of one-upmanship of going, well, if, I can't have you doing it if I'm if I'm not doing it. Type yeah. Thing. Um, yeah. It just just to be, be for the bravado. It, it is amazing the power of seeing um, other people do things, isn't it? Because that's that's what made H and I decide to actually make comics. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I well, we went to art college and um, studied illustration. I studied portraiture as did age and you, i always loved comics i always wanted to make comics but never thought i could make a comic you know i never thought i had it in me i just thought no it's completely out of my skill set i can't do it i haven't got the i don't have the discipline i don't have the skills you know and again it was that um because i dropped out of art for about 20 years and then then kind of got back into it a few years ago and it was going round, like you say at the conventions and seeing the small press things and thinking Christ, you know, there's some absolutely brilliant stuff here. Absolutely, yeah. you know. And then also thinking, and there's some crap as well. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's all subjective. And, and I admire anyone yeah. that creates anything. You know, I really do. As I say, there's some stuff that's not for you. That's yeah, what you're really But in. I just oh. thought, maybe I can do it. And I was saying to her, you know, maybe we can do this. And she's like, we definitely can do this, you know. And you're right. It's that power of, of thinking, well, if they can do it, I can have a go at doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And I think there's a lot of us start that way, isn't there, to be fair? Yeah, and then, you know, it's, thereafter, it's how much effort are you wanting to put in to have whatever you've produced seen. Yeah. And if I'm honest, that's where I, I, I that's where my weakness is in many ways, um, in that... I could promote the penguin a lot harder than I do. And mm. Some would argue that you know, for for those that see it a lot, perhaps it does get overpromoted. But you know, it's the 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 commercial side of it. I, I'm in the very lucky position that I very much say that this is my hobby. Yeah. Um, the I as I say, I, I get a lot of money back of it, so that's great from that perspective. And you know, my my view is always as long as it remains cheaper than golf, then Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. H has got nothing to complain about. You know. <laughs> Um, I, I keep meaning to get T-shirts made up for cons for that for small press people that just goes cheaper than golf, you know? <laughs> and I, more fun. I would add well, as well. <laughs> if uh, you know, if, if if you played golf, you'd you'd buy equipment all the time. You'd go on weekends away with uh, with your mates. You'd um, you know, you'd you'd, you'd buy uh, magazines that relate to golf. You know, you got to wear things, those right? ridiculous trousers, haven't you? You know? Yeah, you know, but and again, well, that, that's just cosplays uh, by another name, isn't it? So it, it it literally is just comics, but but you get no return at all from golf. Um, well, for small press comics, you get a little bit of return. Yay! Brilliant. Um, it'll be well. So no, it, it's you know, to, and I think that's one of the things that is about saying you know what, what are you trying to achieve with this? And if it is just a bit of fun, then great. Mm. You know, if I think if you are wanting to make a career out of it, or say that you know, is make proper money from it, and then you have to realise that actually, you know what, a good eighty plus percent of it isn't about making the the art. It's it's about promoting it and and getting it out there. Yeah, and getting it in front. You know, and that that bit sucks because yeah, that, I think that's the bit. That's the bit we're all bad at. I think. I mean, it's funny because there's a. I've talked about this with Tony actually a few times, and I think there's a direct correlation between people I see who I think should be absolutely doing gangbusters, you know, because you look at the quality of what they do and you just think everyone should be reading this. This person should be able to just do this full time. 
But the problem is, like a lot of us, they hate the merchandising bit of it. They hate the selling mm. of it, you know. And and yet other people who, should we say, maybe are mediocre, to be polite sometimes, yeah, absolutely like wipe the floor with everyone because they just keep ramming it down. But they've got this gift of selling. You know, it's, it's a shameless wrong. gift, isn't it? And yet, I don't know. I love being at a con and selling at a con. Mm. What I really hate is sitting behind the computer here oh. and, and, and promoting myself online or, yeah. or, or doing or trying to email out to, to people to get to get recognized. And, I, and part of that is that I know when I'm at a con that I put on a mask. Yeah. Meta, metaphorically speaking, in that it, I know it's not the, you know, it's like it, it's, um, you know, it, in the same way that when I was customer facing it, it, with the bank, you put on a mask and kind of go, this is me, hello. You know? mm. And it's that you walk around with a smile on your face and, you know, smile at everybody and all sort of stuff. And, and I know how to do it. And the, you know, it's a debate for another day about you know, what, what works at, for people selling things at cons and what mm. doesn't that, there is a whole, oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm not saying I've got it perfect, but I, I do know that I, I do it better than, than many others. That bit I, I like, and I enjoy it. Mm. Um, or I enjoy it once it gets going. The the first hour of every con where you never sell anything is always mm. the worst because you're like, will it ever happen? Um, it's like being in a bad zoo, isn't it? Where, you know, you just <laughs> see people walking past you. Stop and look at me. But um, but no, so that, there is something in that though, about how, how to get people to better promote themselves. Mm. And, and as I say, it, it is about where are you finding the fun in it as you as an individual. And so for me, I don't have to make any money at all out of, mm. out of the, the penguin. Um, I mean, if, if it stops making money at all, then it, it might become something else. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for, you know, I, I don't survive off the money at all that, yeah, that comes in from the penguin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that that does make an interesting mix in terms of yeah. how you approach some of these things. Oh, it's brilliant and absolutely, like I said before, you know, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And so we're talking about penguin then, because I know you you do other things, and I know you've done other things, but penguin is your you know uh, that is your brand, as it were, if we use the term. And I mean <laughs> yeah, that in a yeah, very I'm polite way. That. I don't you know. No, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. I think it's fantastic. Um, but. Like, where did the inspiration for that come from? I mean, even the name, you know, which I get the pun, but it's like, where, where did it pop into your head? And what were the influences maybe that you had to start with about how you're going to design it and write it and draw it? Um, I, you could be overthinking this. <laughs> in terms of <laughs> we can edit it out. Designing it, and, 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 it, 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 it was very, it was considerably more organic than that, I think. Right. Um, so there's a the, uh, one of the things I'm always asked at, at conventions or at um, when people when I have the books out is you know why penguins, and my my response to that flippantly is always well I knew the book was going to be in black black and white and <laughs> I'm not very good at drawing zebras, um, <laughs> so there's you know there, there's a bit of that it, it it was literally a case of doodling and coming up with a gag. On that would this, I think it has appeared online at some point in time. But it, there, there's a couple of things where it was just you know drawing things in black and white that were you know and saying right, all I've got is a white piece of paper and a black pen. What can I draw? I can draw penguins, pandas, and and nuns, and and going actually, I quite like the penguin. And then there was a couple of jokes I, that I drew up at that point in time about a penguin and a chicken, 
and it was going to be a double act for a while of going, oh, how many penguin and chicken jokes can you do? You yeah. Know? Um, and that was like, you know, it was a penguin tied, with balloons tied around them flying and the chicken flying next to them. And then there was the, the penguin underwater and the um, the chicken in a scuba diving gear type thing, right? <laughs> thing is, once you've done those two gags, there's nothing else that comes next. <laughs> um, and while playing around with that, I came up with the title, Penned Gwyn. You know, these are yeah. penguins that I have penned. Yeah. Um, and that resonated with me more than any of the other things I was sort of drawing or, or playing around with, that you suddenly went, you know what? Everybody loves a penguin. There's no situation that you can't put a penguin in that's not funny. True. Um, and... As I say, they're they're quite simple to draw in terms of being recognisable, and you know, and and that was a, that was kind of it. Um, and the design of the actual penguin itself has changed slightly over the eight years, and mm. in terms of more just the the beak has dropped with time. That happens with the age; things drop. Um, <laughs> so the beak has ended up a little bit lower than the than the body than it was previously, um, and I have. Mentally, um, I've drawn it once as a, as a, as a joke for, for Tom Stewart. The, the, there is an, an alphabet that I've kind of created of penguin pieces. Right. Which means that when I'm drawing them, I kind of refer to that in my head and kind of go, right, there are 16 different ways to draw the wings. So I'll pick this left one and that right one, and that's it, put in. All right, I'm going to draw the eyes. And you know, there's 12 different ways to draw the eyebrows to get a different expression across. Let's pick which and you know which for that and suddenly you can actually pick and choose from that sort of random generator of penguin pieces to get the next penguin drawn mm. which actually helps with the the speed of production as well because you are literally just going all right so it's it's, it's these bits just you know it's almost like saying like here's a whole load of lego minifigures pick and choose all the bits that you want you know and just click them together and there you you got the next next minifigure yeah and that's kind of how the you know and with, with the there's a degree of an, an amount of variation that you can put in there but it still looks the same all the time which which helps um so that that that's that's kind of how it, it came together but i didn't right. i didn't sit down and go oh i, I want to design it because the first um the first premise was not three panel strips at all it was more done as sort of single image far side type right. jokes yeah um, yeah. And before the 2000 three panel strips were created, there is about 300 of those single panel things. Some of them have been re-engineered at certain points into three mm. panel strips, but there's, and some of them were, were, were simple sight gags, like here's a, a dollar bill, but with a penguin in the middle of it type thing. Um, but, you know, so there was a lot of those that were done, you know, as a sort of, sort of starter piece. Um, and it was just that, well, this is a sort of character I created. What are the funny situations? Can I can I put them in? And then slowly that evolved into saying, let's do three panel strips in terms of trying to do something that was um, sequential. Um, and then I say the next stage after that was to try to do these Sunday strips. Yeah. But um, they're few and far between in in, in, in terms of the piece. Uh, in terms of influences, it, it was very much thinking about you know, what, what other newspaper strips have there been? I mean, I, I've read all of Calvin Hobbes way back in the day. Mm. Um, it was something my dad and I, I, you know, used to always get the new book for him at, every Christmas it came out. 
right. partially because I wanted to read it. Not the other thing. Um, I was obsessed with Dilbert back in the very early 90s, um, long before Scott Adams went a bit weird. Yeah. But <laughs> well, we gloss over that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it was... It, it, it was just when I was starting to work in offices, mm. and this the so therefore the office humor was was real. And you're you're like reading things and going, I have seen that, you know, just <laughs> I've just come out of the meeting where that yeah. happened. Um, and then the, the other things as well that that I loved were things like Fred Bassett by yeah. Um, yeah. by Alex Graham, um, and then Horace as well, or a man called Horace. Um, by Andrew Christie, which is another one that appeared regularly in the newspapers. Now, the one thing that all of these things have in common, and Peanuts is the same, is that if you actually go and look at them, they are really cynical and mm. really quite dark, a lot darker than you think. If you go back and reread Calvin and Hobbes and look at um, look at some of the snowman storylines, where he's you know he's, he's snowmen with their heads blown off and all mm. this sort of stuff, and you're going. That's pretty dark. And in fact, this is a kid who has no friends, so much so that he actually thinks his stuffed toy tiger comes to life mm. and speaks to him. Um, and, if, and if you go through Peanuts, each one of the kids has some sort of disorder. Yeah. If you actually break in, and you suddenly go, wow, this is pretty dark stuff. You mm. know, and and that that's kind of where, it, that, that is my humour as well, that I'm quite a cynical dark person and in, in terms of the humor stuff, you know i like things like yes minister yes prime minister where it, you know it has an edge to it that, that, that comes through um and therefore anything i was going to produce would also have that cynicalness that comes mm. with it um and people just seem to like that in terms of what what you know that that sort of punchy wee jokes that that, that go with it so again was that designed not really. That was mm. just me going. These are the things I find funny, and I'm going to keep putting them out there and, and yeah. see what happens with them. Um, and it just grew, um, and, and keeps going. For, yeah, for as for as long as I can keep coming up with ideas. Yeah, you're quite right. I mean, some of those older strips that you talk about, you know, because I remember in an article once about um, peanuts and about someone was. Basically putting forward this theory around, you know, the fact that when you look at it, as you say, you know, all of the children to a degree are damaged in some way. Mm. And, you know, and, and Charlie Brown's a depressive and, and you think, oh, God, yeah, I'd never actually thought of it in that because you didn't link these things like mental health to children. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, a few years ago, did we, to be yeah, honest, yeah. you know, mm. people wouldn't actually think there was something actually wrong with you. Um, mm. And then when people started to actually think about, well, maybe there is something that makes this child unhappy. There's something there, and I started rereading. And I thought, God, yeah, I can see it now. It's it's a fascinating foil, almost the comic yeah. strip, isn't it? To to talk about serious subjects, and I know, I know you've done that with Penguin as well. Where you know, I alluded to the fact that you you know you've done a few strips around the time of the referendum, the Scottish referendum, stuff like that. And mm. you know, have you ever been tempted, or or would there be anything that you'd you'd want to maybe use Penguin? In that way, so there are two two of the bigger strips that I have done that that feature that. Both of them are, are, are cancer related. Mm. One of them was um, semi dedicated to, to to Sarah Harris, or I guess I like mm. got her approval that was happy to be married because it was a breast cancer related one. And it basically, it's the the penguins going through the process of how to um, 
do a, a breast check. Right. Which involves them getting into various sort of stances and saying, you know, now stand like the Statue of Liberty and do this and, you know, and basically works it through. I think the end gag of that as well is very much the, um, you know, are you holding a bag of walnuts? And say, yes, gentlemen, you're up next. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's kind of getting that way. And then yeah. the other one was actually related to, to bowel cancer, um, mm. where sadly I lost a friend to it. Right. And, uh, the, the whole running, the starting gag was that is the fact that the, the PG, I always say it's it's family friendly. The you know I, I treat it as PG in, mm. in terms of its sort of sort of level, and it's a case of there's never been any swearing in PG apart mm. from today because this strip properly is shite. And then there's this whole thing about the the symptoms of bowel cancer, mm. which include things like you know have you seen changes in your stool? And there, you've know, got penguins sitting on normal sized stools, and suddenly a penguin that's on a, a six foot high stool. What's this? You know, and and just try to do silly things yeah. with it like that yeah. to try and you know to make people think about about those things. So they've done that a couple of times, just in terms of being semi serious or, mm. or trying. It's not serious. It's, it's trying to get message over. Yeah. So you will say, think about these things a little bit differently, purely because it's been presented to you in this way. Um, and then both of those strips got, got you know really nice feedback from from people. I that, can imagine were, were impacted. And do you know what? Um, as well, I think Alan. To be fair, more people would probably learn from those strips about what to do and how hmm. to check and what to look out for than they would from any any level of informational leaflet or <laughs> advert that do you know what I mean? Because it does, I've got a friend who yeah. sometimes goes through medical leaflets and he proofs them and he'll go back saying, um, you know, well, what's, what is this? You know, I mean, he's a very learned guy and he's going, well, what, what exactly is this, this word here? And he go, well, that's a condition where X, Y, and Z. And he's like, and how are people going to know that? Yeah. You know, and he, he turns it into, into everyday language, you know, and he'll say, why don't you just say, you know, if you see this, then that could mean that, you know? And it's like, yeah. oh, right, well, that seems very dumbed down. He's like, no, that's 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 information that, people can consume. Yes. Yeah, that's, and I think that's... you doing those strips, as I say, if that was a national campaign, I guarantee you more people would know how to look for symptoms of things. You know, I really do. Yeah. Power to you, mate. Very it's good. also it's because I've got a couple of things that I try to, and some of this is re, again retrofitted, but I very much see the penguin as the online version of the strip that you would find in a newspaper. Mm. As in, you, you're you you in your social media feed, you're going story, story, story. Oh, comic strip. Yeah, story, story, story. Right, and that like, that's kind of how it fe- how it, how, it, how it features. Um, much the same way that if you just read the newspaper and you flip to page whatever, you know, all the comics are at the bottom of this page, right? And then move on to the next page and, and, and move on. Um, so again, if it, if it arrives like that as an advert piece, then then great. And if people take think something from it, great. And then the other thing I've always said, you know, people say to me, well, what, what, what are you trying to achieve with the penguin? Mm. And so my, my, my thing with the retrofit of that is my, my aim is to put a smile on one person's face every day. And if I can do that, then I've made the world a better place. Right, that's the the full hippiness in me. If you want to go mm. there, do you? no, it's true. But, yeah. yeah, and it's a case of if that's all it's done, then you know it has achieved something, and and so that that that's my meaning. This is one smile every day is you know just just to make the world a better place. Yeah, 
but uh, that, that's an interesting balance I'll try to achieve. Yeah, it. no, it's it's great, it's great, and that comes across as well. You know that that kind of as you say that friendliness to the strip comes through. You know, it really does. It's a uh, well, they keep threatening to do the penguin after dark <laughs> <laughs> and, and take it somewhere. But, but um, you could yeah. do like a black label version of uh, well, Penguin, yeah, yeah. Well, get it published by Tribute Press. It would be the. Uh, I won't go that far, mate. You know what I mean? You'd have the nuns back then, wouldn't you, if you did that? I would, definitely. <laughs> Superb. So, a little bit, I know we've talked about your process and, um, you know, you talked about how you, you lay things out and stuff, but you, you work physically and then do you scan it in? Yeah, so it's it's all physical. Normally I'll draw it out in blue pencil, go over it in inks and, and then spot it. Then it's a scan, um, a little bit of contrast resolution maybe a tiny tiny little bit of, of tidy up um if there's the odd mm. odd line or something but nothing you know li- literally i'm um using photoshop in elements i'm not using photoshop right uh, um and and you know so it's just cleaning up for that and as i say I then i've created a sort of template that i just drop them into for mm. making the books and and that's it it's you know i, I keep it really simple in terms of that um, I've had this discussion with Rich in the past, the, the the printer, and about saying, "Is it okay what I've sent you?" And he goes, "Whatever works for you, it's it's fine, you know." And and it is a case of you you find the tools that work for you, yeah. And as long as it's not completely out there in terms of not working for for the next stage in in the process, um, then then do what, what what works for you. And you know, and the the paper I'm using, I use it. Most of it gets done on an A5 spiral bound perforated edged Windsor Newton book mm. um, in terms of the paper. And I'm just use Unipin pens in terms <laughs> of the, the point, Brilliant. you know, that's, and it is this whole thing. There is no, there is no magic pen. <laughs> yeah. We all keep trying different pens and things. Oh, um, I know. What was it? The last time I was speaking with um, Frank Quietly and um, Vince, the, and he asked him to do it. He was doing a wee sketch. Mm. Um, and I said, so what, what pencils and that is that you use when you're in the studio? And he said, oh, just the same as this. And it was one of those bright yellow Bic pencils. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like going, all right. You know, if, if yeah. it's good enough for Frank Lightly, then it's good enough for, for everybody else. I'm, I'm just making a note to get some of them. If it can help me draw like <laughs> They are Frank the magic Quiley. pencil. Yeah. <laughs> He's a but fantastic they, artist and a lovely oh, bloke as well. Isn't he? I mean, yes, I had the pleasure yes. of meeting him a couple yeah. of years ago, and oh, what a what a star! But you're right; it's the tools, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. people but, spend but a lot of money on tools, don't they? And yeah, it's like, well, you know, you can buy the most expensive pens and paints and paper you want, but you've got to have the the, the skill and the dedication to practice. Right. You know. And it's yeah, it's 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 this an argument I keep having with some people at work who say, "Oh, you can draw, I can't." I say, "No, everybody can draw. It's just a muscle you need to work at it." Yeah. And like any set of muscles, some people need to work at them more than others. But eventually, you know, in, unless you practice it, you'll you'll never get there. Mm. Um, and arguably, that's part of my problem now with trying to change toolkits is because I'm I'm trying to keep to you know, a daily schedule or whatever. Mm. The putting aside time to learn a different toolkit is actually quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> to you know, to particularly if I was wanting to then use it for for Penguin, and I mean I've got an iPad because I use it for work for, mm. for various things. Um, 
but I really struggle to, to draw draw with it and get comfortable with it. Um, there are certain things that I, I, I've done on it that for for just sort of sketchy stuff, but it, it, it doesn't really... I just I don't get the feel from it that I want. Yeah. In terms... I, I, I'm not meaning, oh, the touch level that comes with the pencil. I literally just mean, you know what? I like having the bit of paper at the end that yeah. I can hold on to. And it's one of the reasons why I've spent my time over lockdown and that more learning how to play around with paint mm. you know physical paint and actually say yeah that, that's a bit of fun um and has a better has a better payoff at the end yeah um, and it's funny because i mean i i'm primarily work digitally now um for the comic stuff anyway mm. you know i do it's, it's nearly all digital but i still love breaking it up with doing physical work yeah. you know i still I, I still have a hankering i keep saying when i get a chance unfortunately i've got quite a few things on the boil so that's that's always a nice problem to have but i've kind of always said i'd like to do a physically drawn comic at some point where i go back and you know draw it scan it and all the rest of it there is something you write about a pen on paper that that it's even the noise isn't it you know of that that kind of fine liner over a, a decent paper and you just think oh it's There's- Something some about it. Panic as well. Yeah. Of when you suddenly go, oh, that's start to go wrong. Mm. How, oh, and you don't have an undo button. Um, and that, and then going, you know what? That's that's lived in. That's fine. It's funny. A lot earlier on, you said about my the cleanness of line. One of the things that I like about being physical is actually the line is less clean mm. at times. You know, it's got a little bit of a wobble in it, or it's got, um, you know, a little bit of bulges and overlays that aren't aren't quite right. Yeah. That I think if I was if I was doing it digitally, I would look at it and go, undo, do it again, undo, do it again, undo, mm. you know, and suddenly on the fourteenth attempt, you go, okay, I'll live with that one. Yeah. And but that's lost its life at yes. that point. Yeah. You know, it's bad enough when I've you know, I've got a pile of post-it notes next to me on my desk all the time, and I will quite often doodle on them and go, "There's an idea for some for something for later." And and then when you try to replicate the, what the doodle that you've done on the post-it note onto a proper piece of paper, and you're like, yeah. no, it's not the same. No, it's not. It's not alive, as alive as I want it to be. And I reckon if I did that digitally, it would be even worse for me. And again, that's I think it's horses for courses. It, that that's the risk with digital when you start working digitally is you you've got to know when to stop working it um, because you're right. You can lose the initial kind of. Um, energy that the piece mm. had by overworking it overworking it to it the point where you know yes it may be a beautiful rendered line but it boring do you know what i mean it's got no it's got no texture to it and it's got no feel to it and you've lost everything that would make it dynamic yeah. so you're right it's, it's very interesting that and one of the things you just mentioned then about um, post-it notes so that leads on nicely to and, and this is the bit I can't get my head around at all, so you'll have to help me here. But how on earth do you come up with the ideas? <laughs> because, goodness me, I mean, you know, you're, as you mentioned, we're, you're heading towards strip 2000, just of the uh, the sort of newspaper yeah. strip types. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't retain three jokes. I, I don't know how you do it. So you beg, steal and borrow. It's entirely... I... Um... There are, there are some jokes where I have said I've actually made that up, and that's that's been my you know. That's also the best one I ever did with that is actually a Star Wars joke about the, um, what was it? You you get in a taxi, but you get on a bus, but you can do both with the tauntaun. 
I love Star Wars, so I love all your Star Wars. I made that one up. That was actually, you know, (laughs) that's pretty good. (laughs) Most of a lot of the other ones are. It's about sometimes it's you know there it's there are no new jokes. You just just you know, and it's about saying how do you make it refit the the three panel strip or how Mm. you know what what's the right way round for doing it and. Sometimes you know somebody you know when you're in those days when we could go into the office, you know somebody says something funny and you think I'm gonna write that down, you know, mm. and and that might lead to other things as well. As in, you can suddenly something might get said about a circus, and you can go, all right, well that's interesting. Yeah, well that probably means there's some jokes in there as well about clowns or some jokes about juggling or there's yep. maybe something i could do about an, an elephant and or you know and so suddenly that becomes a little theme that, that runs and it just just builds up from 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 one throwaway comment that's been said by somebody in the office um there are also a couple of um websites that i keep an eye on where different jokes are published that you can say yeah i can rework that to mm. make it a pinned going joke and actually you know make it make it fit and see how 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 do you do the layout for it? And then what's the book I've got in the corner at the moment? The Smarties Big Book of Stupid Jokes. <laughs> um now it's a book with about, let's say, five thousand, six thousand jokes in it. And you go th- you know, you start going through it and you go, No, can't do that one, can't do that. Uh, because mm. you go, That does not work as a three panel strip, or it doesn't <laughs> actually for a lot of them you go, it's just not funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, and some of them you can go, well, it would be funny if you flipped it this way or you did that with it or you did something else with yeah. it. Um, and, and and again, some of it's just about how do you then choose to present it? So a good example of that might be one of the jokes is, you know, if, if I thought my parents were a, bur- were a budgerigar, I wouldn't be able to look at myself in a mirror, right? So it's a rubbish joke in itself. But in terms of how you then, how you then reflect that into the pen and the Gwyn, it was about saying, right, fine, I'll, I'll have them that one of them's holding a mirror and you do one of the panels where it flips and it is them looking into the mirror and you're having to do the reflection back in it. Mm. And, I, you know, so suddenly you're like, and again, that's one of those, you're, you're breaking the, the, the standard layout of, of, um, of the sort of two talking heads. Yeah. It, it is that sort of thing. Yeah, that that's something you can, that's a way to do it because you're saying this is how you would present the joke in terms of, of being the art piece, in terms of how it, and you've created the the rhythm of the as I say the, the set up the swing yeah. and the hit in terms of how to to, to, to push it out and I, it literally is saying right go to those various sources and and what the, the big thing as well for me is about saying if you see an idea that that is not the day to draw that idea mm. let it gestate the number of times that you would put something you know i've written something down and go that's funny but i don't know how to do it yet yeah and you know what what is the order that it goes in or what is the the layout that that is the chosen piece for that you know and and it will it may well just be two or three days that you go yeah i've got that now that's actually this way around you know and it literally is that tell it tell it in this order rather than that order mm. you know um and it just just helps, and so that that gestation period really really is important for me in terms of just having having a list of saying right that that's the ideas that are upcoming. Mm. Let's pick and choose from them, and, and, and it helps that well, at, at some point I have done a running story ish 
in the in the penguin but not most of the time it, it, there isn't really sort of a running story or mm. from one guy to the next i try to do as a two or three perhaps that are perhaps in a similar vein at, at given points um and the only time i did a full-blowing running story was when the the penguin went on strike and i ended up with two characters who were meant to be myself and my mate bob dressed up in, in penguin suits doing the game <laughs> and, and it again it had one of my my favorite strips that i've ever done there which is the you know one of the penguins standing on the soapbox with the the megaphone you know, in front of a crowd of other penguins what do we want you know, three panels sorry what do we want four panels when do we want them to be continued <laughs> and you know and it, it's just that sort of going well there you go that's that's the way they, they deserve to do it but um yeah and it, it, it's just that, that that process of saying get an idea let it gestate and then say right this is the this is the rhythm that goes with it in terms of going one two three bang and and that's how you get to things like you know draw your own conclusions because you go right mm. so there's a joke in there about drawing your own conclusion oh, that's <laughs> so funny. actually the way to do it is to leave a great yeah. big space and, yeah. and, and and yeah it's genius mate it, it it really is genius and you you know i don't know you make it sound so simple and it isn't and if anybody listens to the case <laughs> you try to do a three-page gag strip and uh you know you'll see it's not it's just not easy at all it's it's superb so oh, i'll tell you the first hundred are easy it's, it's only difficult after that. <laughs> first hundred i couldn't even imagine it i could I, honestly i couldn't it's just one of those things i'd be like i can't do this you know. it, it is a weird thing, though, but you, you then move on to recognition of, of what people think of it. And I, I had a mini moan about this a couple of years back, I guess, now, in terms of films, in that I I've, I likened um, I likened it to, we're going to, I think it might have been one of the thought bubbles, and I was like saying, don't forget about the strips you see all the time. Mm. You go to these events and you look for, and I refer to it say, you look for the artisan loaf. And everybody talks about the artisan loaf and say, mm. oh, look at this, it's an amazing thing that we don't see very often. Oh, yeah. While the plain white sliced loaf that's been there for you every day and has given you toast for every breakfast is still going to be there. Yeah. And it needs the recognition as well. But it doesn't get it because it's just there all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and... It, it's it's something you sustain with and, and say that's that's i really like it and i can't live without it oh but look at the artisan mm. <laughs> mm. and it is this weird sort of it was, and it was an odd analogy that i ended up with but it you know i, I like that about saying that that's what the, you know sometimes you're left going right where where's where's the recognition come and that's the beauty of putting them into books and going here you go yeah because there is this thing of when you read them as a book, you know, it's that if you don't like this strip, don't worry, there's another one. Yeah. And then another one. And then another one. And it's, it's that my, my, my hope when people read the books isn't necessarily that they're laugh out loud at every single page because they're not really designed to, to be mm. that. But if you can get somebody onto a rolling sort of, as I say, if you get your shoulders moving, right, that sort of, he, he, you know, that yeah. little sort of happy laugh that type of thing. And then every now and again, you have that, big laugh out loud explosion you're like yeah that's fine but if you can maintain the rolling shoulders piece yeah that's what really matters to me all the groan as well i would imagine is, is oh, it, yes. it you know that's yeah. one of those things where if you can make somebody go because that's that was the thing with the um draw your own conclusions things for me it was kind of like the, the oh you know that's that's brilliant 
yeah, go for the grow. Fortunately, I get uh, lots of groans about my work, um, which is a bit. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure I should be taking that the right way, actually. But <laughs> excellent stuff. Excellent. So, I mean, obviously, you're coming up to two thousand strips. You, you know, you've been doing this now for what would be eight years, over eight years. Incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I dread to think how many hours of work you've you've put in. You know, to to because obviously you must be ahead of the game. I mean, what strip number are you up to now? Are you so can you what, tell us? Posted or? tonight online was strip nineteen eighty nine, I think it was. So I've drawn strip two thousand and two, two thousand and three, um, in, in terms of where I am for that. So mm. it, that, it's about two weeks ahead, right. which is about as far ahead as I've ever been. It's it's one of the advantages of of lockdown is I have managed to creep ahead slowly with with some of it i do try to draw one every day um i definitely try to post one every day Uh, actually two get posted every day and that's partially because one of the twitter feeds is is running three years behind or something like that deliberately um just because of the way it was set up and i'll just i'll run them as in that way depending which twitter feed you follow you, you get different ones um and it's it's normally a case though that the the new strip goes goes out on a on, on Twitter and Facebook in an evening and then gets reposted to Instagram in the the following morning. Yeah. And that way people can either have it as their, their evening paper or their morning paper. Brilliant. Um, depending on how they, they want to get it. And um, yeah, it's, I, I have no ending for it. Hey. I, I don't know. Well, partially because I don't know how to end it. <laughs> well, that's where Tribute Press comes in, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's just gets shamed out of it. Yeah. I get cancelled rather than, than yeah. ended. Yeah. The, um, well, it could happen. The, it could happen, uh, mate. If you'd have gone the nun route, it would have happened by now, I'm telling you. Um, and it, But it is that interesting thing. About, so you know, how do you end something like that? I mean... People have said to me before, but you know, it must be a, coming up with all the ideas. That must be difficult, and or, or coming up with the, the drawing. All there must be the pressure for that. The the pressure for that is I, I actually find really easy, mm. and not not least of which getting one out every day. Point by the time that you have more than a thousand, it's very easy to put one out every day because you just recycle. Mm. Um, and I, I still do that from time to time. Where if I just you know. F- for whatever reason, I might go, you know what? Today I'll just dive into the archives and here's strip number 960, you know, yeah. just because that, yeah. Um, and there, there's every likelihood that once I get to strip 2000, I might do um, a week or so of greatest hits just because. Mm. And, it, and it just gives me a little bit of leeway and stuff like that. Mm. So that that's no pressure. The pressure for me actually comes with the fact that you know that there's an audience out there. and And once you know that, there are people who read your stuff you do start to think what if the next one isn't funny what if people don't get this right um and that's suddenly that that that's that stage fright element that comes yeah. with it of going well or well, what if i completely run out of ideas and or can't come up with anything at all what what, what we're going to do now um and that that is the, the the fear the fear is the you know keeping the audience happy mm. which is utter madness i don't owe them anything you know um so it, but, it, but yeah. it is that you you do kind of go well yeah i could just well if i'm a newspaper strip i literally am tomorrow's fish and chip paper yeah um 
and how how quickly would it be forgotten about and never heard of again? And so, so that's the weird pressure that mm. that's there in in the background about saying, "I've I've got to keep this happening," and it is is an oddity because being on multiple social media platforms, I actually see different reactions to different strips, right? Based on the the social media platform that it's on, hmm. some of that I think is age related. Um, in that. I will make references to, to movies and, and music from time to time. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's um, generally going to be the music or movies of the eighties, probably <laughs> because that's, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's what I know. Um, and, and therefore that will get a, a better reaction on Facebook than say on Instagram. Interesting, However, it, yeah. there are certain other jokes that I'll make where Instagram will do a lot better, particularly if it, it falls off. It involves a fluffy animal or something like that. Instagram yeah. will do better than, than than Facebook, and it is just that that sort of weird thing. We suddenly go, yeah, it's um, you know, there's, it, 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 you know, how do you deal with the audience? And you can't overanalyze it because mm. the more you analyze comedy, you kill it. You yeah. Know? Um, combined with the whole, you know, if you get fifty likes, that probably means that five thousand people. Or the, how many other people saw it but didn't press the like button? Mm. And it's not that they didn't like it; it's just people just don't press a button because yeah. they don't. Yeah. And therefore, you know, and and so again, you have to go. Hope somebody smiled. Did I did I achieve my <laughs> target of one person smiling today? Um, and I say that I, I, that's how I tar- articulate what what is pressure in terms of of having it is is is, is having to keep the audience or. Trying to keep the audience happy, and what happens if you don't? Um, mm. Which is madness. I, I, I say it, it, there's no rhyme or reason for it, but it's we all do it though. And H and I do stuff. And the latest thing that we did was um, the Galaxy Grappling Alliance, which is sci-fi mm. kind of wrestling. And I've only done two issues, and because this year I've primarily um, been working with other people, so I've been working on scripts for other people rather than our own stuff, just because I felt like. Mixing yeah. up a bit and challenging ourselves. Plus, there was no conventions to shift anything. So I thought, well, there's no point creating yeah. like loads of stuff for them. Me and H are sat here in boxes of work we've we've slaved over. Um, but when people contact you, going, when's the next GGA three out? And you're thinking, oh god, you know, people actually expect it now. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people, but, oh, but the fact that one person might ask makes me think I've I've got to do that now. It's just like a commitment, isn't it? That you've got to you've that's, got to continue, and you have, you have to think. Right, they're only you have to think for every one person that asks, that means there's another ten people who are also looking for it but just haven't asked. Mm. Yeah, and then there's another you know, and then the well, therefore if it's out there, those people and more people will see it as well and yeah and, and it grows. But as I say, you we're back to this whole point about yeah, the the fun bits the producing it, but then the selling of it. Oh I know. <laughs> I like you, I prefer I much prefer a face to face thing. I mean I've always worked in yeah. kind of roles where I deal with people. So I, I, I yeah, I think that combines with the fact that the penguins like all other newspaper strips to this extent you know i give the milk away and then ask you to buy the cow mm. in that it always it always amazes me when i do a kickstarter and people buy a digital copy of my book because i'm like going <laughs> it's, it's all online what why are you giving me three pounds or two pounds <laughs> right it, it, other than going, so you'd like to download a PDF for some reason to put it on a machine or something? Like, fine, you know. Brilliant. Um, but but it is a, as I say. So there's this whole concept of, I've you know, I'm trying to sell you something online 
that is available for free online. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how much would you like to give me for this, please? Um, and that, that's why I think one of my difficulties, well, if you're doing it face-to-face, combined with the fact that when I'm at a con, I actually, I, I'm not selling to your, to, you know, most people who are buying Batman aren't going to buy the Penned Gwen. I do, I do really well with cosplayers. I know that surprises mm-hmm. some people. Um, I do really well with cosplayers' parents, which is, you know, because right. you know, you, there's always, you know, it's one of these things, I, you know, my techniques, you watch the cosplayers and you see that there's this person walking behind them carrying three coats. Yeah. And you say to them, and suddenly they're, you know, the, the cosplayers are doing something and, blah, and making noise and effect. And the, that, this person, you say, come, come and have a look, come and have a look. And they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm here for them. I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah, but there might be something here that you like as well. And again, you know, they read something and they go, actually, this is a little funny, you know, and they get into it and you can suddenly Brilliant. go, all right, cool, I'll rub my hands here. And like, How would you like to buy a bit? You'd be able to go home and say, I went to Comic-Con and I did buy a comic. Shameless. You know? and, and that's, but those are the games you've got to play, right? But the thing is that works really well yeah. on a, a face-to-face thing and you can, you know, and again, it's... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to Comic Con looking for the cosplay mothers. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and that's how I got cancelled. Um, <laughs> but, oh, um, but yeah, and uh, but again, that, uh, so that's why I struggle with it. You know, this whole here's the milk, now buy the cow. Yeah, yeah. that's a great concept. Though. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I'd, I'd never thought of people buying a PDF of you. It'd be like someone buying a PDF of, of Vanguard, wouldn't it? From Dan. You know, it's like, well, it's available to read. You know, buy the books. <laughs> that's what you want. You want the physical yeah. books. Yeah. You know, that's. The... I, I get it when the overseas sales price. But, but as I say, it just amuses me when, yeah. when, when people do that stuff. Yeah. Great. So, just on that, then, I mean, if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who's thinking of creating their own. Um, their own comic strip or their own web comic, you know, daily web comic. What what one piece of advice would you give to someone? And you're not allowed to say don't do it because <laughs> <laughs> because people believe it or not actually love these these little nuggets of uh, advice. I I would say that the to me it's about setting yourself limits. Right, right. Now there, there, there's lots of different ways to do that, but that can be anything from saying. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on a an hourglass process. You know, when when that when that time runs out, I stop, and wherever I've got to in terms of the drawing, that's where it is. You know, like Ron and, Smith, know, and, and, and we live with it. Um, Tim Tim Sale does that for like, does he? Com- I know where... I know Ron Smith used to do it. I know he'd have a you know he'd have a timer for line art, a timer for inking, <laughs> and apparently he'd religiously stick to it and then move on. You know. But, but you know, so either it's that, or you you set yourself a limit of saying, right, I'm I'm going to limit myself to doing a storyline that is only four pages long, initially, you know, and mm. and say, look, because that nobody starts with their opus, nobody, you know, unless you're Barry Windsor Smith, you know, you don't you don't have <laughs> thirty three years to put aside to oh. go and, and and produce a book. So it, it's better to just, you know, GFDI and get on with it and actually say, right, I've produced something that's small yep. and I've learned from that. And that learning I will take to the next thing to produce another small thing and, and, you're, and let it build mm. for, from, the, from that piece. Um, Penguin is all about constraints. 
in that I've constrained myself primarily to three panels. I've constrained myself to black and white. I've constrained the character design to say that there's only so much that you can do with it, mm. which actually means the production of it's really simple. But those constraints actually then help you because what you do is you find the you, know, you push to those edges as tightly as possible. Yeah. So if you're run, running on an hourglass, on, you know, an hourglass thing, or you said, "Oh, I've, I'm, I'm literally going to draw this for an hour and that's it," I'm willing to bet by the time you've done that two or three times, the last five minutes of every hour are really productive mm. because you go right. I'm just need to finish it. Or I know which you know. If I know I've got to finish in five minutes, which bits do I need to finish? Yeah. Which are the most important bits on this page, you know, and you, you so you you really can focus on the bits that need doing because you're pushing against the mm. edge of where you've got to, and you suddenly realise that you know it, it helps focus those those bits. Um, and comedies, if you ever want to do a comedy, so it is all about constraint. You know, the best comedies all come from constraint, mm. and you know the be- the best sitcoms are always about putting people in situations that they can't get out of, and therefore they are constrained. Porridge is probably the best yeah. example of that, yeah. where you know, so you're constrained and therefore mm. you push, and it's all there, there, as I say, it's pushing those edges, but you can only have those edges to push if you've constrained yourself. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. A- no, it does. It really does. It's, it's Again, it's a great answer, you know, and I, I get, I'm, I'm always amazed at the, the range of answers I get. I don't think I've had the same answer twice yet when I've asked this question. Of course, my answer but- should have been, stay off my lawn, but let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come up with your own idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't don't come with do your three panel strip three panel about penguin strips. But a nun. I know I'm the best three panel penguin strip being produced in the UK at the moment. That's a... brilliant, mate. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant advice. No, it's great, and it's been it's it's been fantastic as well. I mean, obviously cool. conscious of time, you're giving it your time. Yeah, yeah. Really no, appreciate right. um, you coming on and talking to us. It's, it's been absolutely fascinating. It really has. And yeah, I knew there was a lot behind your work. I mean, just, just for the sheer quantity and quality of it, but the, the, the process and the thought process, and it's just been been wonderful. I really do appreciate you coming on and talking about it. No problem. And also, it's great to know that Penguin is, uh, you know, at the moment, it's infinite. <laughs> it's 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 still going, which is, you know, big yay. So do you want to tell us a little bit about other upcoming projects because you you know you you're not just penguins are you you know you you there there are other other bits and pieces so um so say i've been doing a lot of um a lot i'm doing several paintings over the lockdown period and that of um tv characters of my youth or or similar like that and so they've all been going up into and it's been using watercolors and that's been going up to the shop recently so they've been doing all right Comic-wise, I'm going to be in two anthologies coming up soon. Uh, One is through that Comic Smell, who uh, the crew from Dundee, um, who invited me to be be part of their next anthology, uh, which was very nice of them. So I've I've done a few pages for that. No no penguins, and I've used the opportunity to try some different styles and different techniques in terms of drawing. Still generally humorous things, Mm. hopefully. Um, but it's um, it, it, it's been an, an alternative place to that. And then as part of the, the Awesome Comics Drink and Draw, um, was it Drawing Under the Influence? I think is the, the it was, yeah. title yeah. of the, the anthology. I've written a story for that. 
that um, has been beautifully uh, put together by, by H in terms of the actual artwork. So, uh, she's uh, a hack. <laughs> <laughs> and he was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, Damien was cancelled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's, but, I've got to say, right, I know we can't talk about the content of the story, but I mean, that, that's a beautiful story you wrote there. Very, I mean, genuinely. I, I think it lovely. will surprise people that, mm. or uh, sorry, it won't surprise them if the in terms of the actual story. But it, if they read it and aren't told who wrote it, I will be surprised if they put my name forward as the mm. the first person to write who wrote it. That and that was the thing that mattered to me about it in terms of trying to do something that was different from what people would expect from me. Yeah, and I've got to say. I think you and H, the the way that she took um, your script and interpreted it, and and I mean, I know you'd given some guidance on on how you envisaged mm. it, but the way that she kind of made that real and and oh yeah, no, between I, you, you kind of crafted it, and I th- I think it's some of the best stuff she's done. Um, you know, it's, it's well, beautiful yeah, artwork. I, I, I was it? delighted, so. mm. uh, and and I thought it was an interesting challenge for me to see. Because when I I don't really script the penguin, it's it's rough edged ideas mm. that as I say then I don't I don't need to tell anybody else how to draw it because I, I can fill that gap in myself. Um, so actually doing a proper script and going to people does that make sense in terms of mm. what I'm asking for loosely? You know, clearly giving enough leeway to the artist to then fill it in and, and put flesh on the bones. That that was an interesting challenge as well. Um, and, and again, finding tools with which to describe the and actually lay out a script was was useful. Mm. Um, so that, that that was it was good to know that I could write a script that somebody could then understand what I was asking for. That was that was a useful useful yeah. exercise for me as well. Yeah. yeah. No, the 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 whole thing is just magnificent. I mean, I I'm probably biased, but I, I genuinely think it was a beautiful piece I, of work. You know, all around. I just think it was lovely. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it. In print. Yeah, that's, I am. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it in print because it's it's different seeing it digitally, isn't it? You know, mm. when you you it's laid out and you you're reviewing it to actually seeing it physically in a in yeah. a book. It's just yeah, you can't yeah. beat it, can you? So yeah, hopefully that'll be. Uh, I don't know when that's coming out. Actually, I think it's around August time. I think so. Um, I'm so you're saying something in that, that ilk. We were yeah. talking about the drunk and draw the other week there. Um mm. and um it's just working out some of the, the final logistics after that. But so I think it's August September time, I think is Yeah. But it's almost saying to her, look, sir, you're doing this as, as your own bit of fun. Don't don't be any pressure on yourself in terms no. of, of getting out there. We've no, um, absolutely not, no. It'll be interesting to see once it gets out there, and, and you know, again, how it finds its audience. So, um, yeah, I'm fascinated to see the the different styles as well, because there's quite a diverse range of people contributing, isn't there? You know, so I know I've done a yeah. piece, and yeah. obviously, um, which you know may or may not make the cut, because I know there was a lot of material. So we'll see. But I know other people that have seen flashes of stuff, and it it does look like a fascinating project, mm. you know. Mm. And and as we say, you know, it's for a good cause as well. So uh, we'll do some more on that nearer the time. So is there anything else currently on the boil? So the the comic smell issue two, is that that you're going to be in? Yep. So we have that. Um, I love that issue one. I thought it was great. I love that stuff. It was just... The guys have got such a passion. That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's the epitome of people who you could tell love comics. Yeah. The, 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 I, 
in the olden times, or the time the time before times, eighteen months ago, I used to go out to the pub <laughs> once a week with friends. And frankly, if you put a microphone down on the table, well, you wouldn't want to put a microphone down on the table and get recorded. That's, there, there's, there's certain things in there we simply wouldn't want. You get cancelled. Cancelled. <laughs> um the um but you know it, 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 a lot of the time you're like and that's where this that, that's where that chat is it's yeah. just four mates having a chat or five mates having a chat um i've actually been up and, and joined them on one occasion for it um brilliant it's a bit of a long drive to do it more than once or do it on a regular basis but it um yeah, it literally is just yeah let's just sit around and have cups of tea and talk comics for a couple yeah. hours and, and get a podcast at the end of it so now it's been great from that perspective yeah beyond Fantastic. that this is a Creation, the only other thing that's on the horizon is, is hopefully starting to get conventions back in mm. um, again and um, being back out of that. I know you have um, some concerns or challenges with regard to curated events. But, <laughs> yeah, um, well, they're not really challenges. We just never get in. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's just one of those things, you know. It's, I don't it's, know. <laughs> for some of it, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, I, said, I was at T, T. Bob's for 2019, had the most successful or certainly the most successful thought bubble I'd ever had mm. knew I was doing a lot better than a lot of people round about me mm. then wasn't selected for 2020. So really? <laughs> kind of like going, yeah. Well, I was reselected for 2021 when they reopened it again. Wow. <laughs> so like, That's bizarre. What's that all about? Fine. But so, you know, I, but I mean, yeah, I, who knows? <laughs> I, I know. And, and you know, I know a joke about it and stuff. And I, obviously I do joke about it because it's not like we have any expectation of getting into any event, to be honest. I don't think you can, you can't be a creator and think that you're going to walk into events and things. Mm. You know, it's very much subjective. And they might look at what what I do and what H does and go, that's not really for us, which is fine. You know, that's, that's, that's their opinion. Um, but I find it odd when... You, like you say, you got in and then you didn't get in, and it's like, and then you got in again, and it's like it's just strange. It's a it's a strange thing, isn't it? I'm sure there's some reason. There's only so much room, and there's only um, yeah, there's only so many things of the same nature that they can put together. It's 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 a tough. I wouldn't want to make the call that they have to make. No, I wouldn't either. And I've, I've joked with this with Stuart Mulrain as well because he's got a very small event, you mm. know, but it's a tremendous event, isn't it? I don't know if you ever done. Um, I haven't. It's um, oh. It'd be what a seven hour drive for me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I want to do it, you know, and um I will do I, I will commit now to Stuart that I will will endeavour to be there um, mm. at, at some point in the near future. Yeah. Um but it's uh yeah, it's 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 gonna be a long drive down the I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the furthest south I've been with is, is the Nottingham Con and it, it was really good I think, in, in in terms of that. But uh yeah, yeah. we have some good cons up north. Um, not, not, you know, not maybe that far. Oldham Comic Cons, one I think mm. you'd, you'd, I mean, you'd, you'd sell out at Oldham, mate. It's a tremendous <laughs> event, honestly. It's a real family event, you know. Yeah. I mean, Denu runs it, runs it for free. There's, there's no yeah. charge to get in, you know. He gets the funding, and it's, it's one of those cons that it genuinely is a comic focused event, but it's a family event because yeah. people can afford to bring the kids, and you see a lot of kids and families. It's the first event they've ever been to. And, yeah, no, you know, and you see them picking Oh, God. Yeah, and you, to, to get the kids back in. It's wonderful, isn't it? You know, so, yeah. Any other events apart from so you're at Thought Bubble? I'll be at Thought Bubble, and then thereafter, it's moving into next year, yeah. where I'm already signed up for it. It's rolled over from previous events of Got the Edinburgh Con and the Glasgow Con. Um, 
think there's one other, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's it's just getting back onto it's getting back onto that that horse and riding it around the, the various events and yeah. trying not to get fatigued of it, which was yeah. And it's that it's interesting that I think there was a number. Of, I was talking to a couple of people who were going, oh, I was going to take time out from the con scene anyway. True, and actually, are now going. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to get back on it. And we're going to actually having that year out has done done you some world of good of just going, just sick and tired. I I think it. Yeah, I think it has. I think it's done done people the world of good, like you say. And I think it's done people um an op. It's given people an opportunity to look at how they do things and what they do, and hmm. you know, because I think I think a lot of us fall into that trap of maybe you try and do too many, and it. it you're never going to, like we said earlier, you're never going to pay your mortgage doing it, are you? In fact, you know, invariably, Unless, most of the time, if you break even, that's to get the champagne out, isn't it? There's cons you do that you don't like because they pay for you to go to mm. cons that you do that you do like. It's one of the reasons I, I always like to do MCM mm. Glasgow. MCM is not a convention that I would go to as a punter. Yeah. <laughs> but it is shooting fish in a barrel. Um, for, for it has been for me in the past, mm. luckily, which then meant, oh, I'm going to Nottingham. Fine. Yeah. The fact that the, the, the cost of the petrol to go all the way down to Nottingham has been paid for by the fact that I've went yeah. to MCM Glasgow. Yeah. Um, and that that's my sort of take with some of these things that sometimes you, you know, you've got to pick and choose why you're doing events. Is it to see the other people that are there, mm-hmm. and which, which is a perfectly valid reason to do it? Or, or is it, if it's to make money, then it's probably not necessarily an event you want to be at as a punter. Mm. Um, the other thing I've found that I've done a couple of that I think worked really well, and it's again about, and I think you've talked about this with, with the wrestling thing as well, is a, I've done a few craft fairs. Mm. And I do, again, it's partially because the Penguin is very family friendly and, and isn't, you know, isn't really needing somebody to have a, a huge comic knowledge to get into. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it putting it in the hands of people that would never see it otherwise. And mm. once you've done that, you're halfway there to, to getting it or you know, selling it. Yeah. Um, and you know, things like doing a craft fair or a Christmas fair, at, you know, the local church or whatever it's, it's, it's worth people doing because again, you're probably going to be the only comic stall there. Yeah. So, you know, people are going around and going, oh, I'll buy a candle, I'll buy a nice piece of soap and a nice piece of fudge. Oh, and I'll <laughs> buy a comic. You know, and suddenly that that works. And if you can, you know, if you can tie it in with the right thing as well, because I'm right saying you, you, you'd attended some wrestling event. or I am. I was due to. Oh, and it, obviously to it got, that was two years ago and it's, it's <laughs> happening next year now. But yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Um, and, it, with, and again, that, that's the way to do it because as you say you've, you you're you're tying it in with the other things and that that really helps yeah and the other good thing is that when i am there next time um because i've just recently completed a project for a local wrestling federation in liverpool it's based in liverpool it is and the event will be in liverpool and they'll be there as well so i'll be i'll be there with the, the an issue with the kind of wrestlers their yeah. ip so oh, yeah. it, it might come together quite nicely. But yeah, I, I listened to a podcast about that once. And there was a guy talking about, um, he went to a wrestling event in the States and he was the only guy selling comics. And he absolutely, you know, it, it just yep. wiped out because 
everyone was like, bloody hell, you know, this is so unusual. And uh, yeah, so yeah. Hey, you've got to give it's it a go, fun. haven't you? What's the worst that can happen? You know, we've all done that where we've taken boxes and then we've come back with boxes. In fact, more boxes because we've bought more stuff than we've sold. <laughs> yes, yes. We've, we've all been there. We've been there, sadly. But it'd be good to get it all back, though. It'd be good to... Indeed. Indeed and I'm looking forward to catching up with a few people as well that, you know, it's been... That, that is going to be the big thing. Yeah. I think. That's... Uh... The logistics of planning the pre-drinks on the night before <laughs> Thought Bubble, I think, is going to be one of the most difficult things. Um, hopefully, there's no restrictions with regard to numbers on that. But it's um, yeah, that 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 is going to be the fun one of going right. Who, who wants to see who? And um, you know, John Otto is going to need an alibi, so we might as well claim to be in the one place at once. It'll be good times. Yeah, yeah. Watch yourself. Um, so do you want to let people know where they can find the penguin, where they can find yeah. your artwork and more importantly, where they can buy your stuff? So the, the easiest way to do all this is if you go on to essentially any form of social media and type in at penguin, that's P-E-N-N-E-D-G-U-I-N, you will find one of the penguin pages that kick up on that. And from there, there's links to um, uh, to the, the shop which uh, sits on on Esty. um and that, that's probably the easiest way so yeah just go hunting for at penguin fantastic and if you want to see more about my work or h's work then obviously we're we're all at art 92 so it's art92.com facebook twitter instagram it's all art 92 h is drawing uh, she does free drawing um videos that are available on youtube under art 92 and as we say you know every week it, you get to our age, you're lucky for them to put your pants on in the morning. So if you've got more than one handle on social media, you'll never log into it ever again, I don't think. <laughs> um, and if you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, because I know I have, it's, it's been a great chat with Alan, really enjoyed it. Then you can check out all our previous episodes. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, I believe it's called now. Um, loads of other ones as well. Like If you look for us, you'll find us. Just search for Omen to that and you can you can subscribe as well. So thanks again to Alan for giving up his time. Until next week, I'll leave you with this advice from the English polymath John Ruskin, who said, one can't be angry when one looks at a penguin. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.